Imagine being able to travel to any point in time. Where would you go? And what would you do? You could witness some of the greatest moments in history. That's gotta be Kane! Break it down! Welcome, welcome, welcome. God damn, we have finally fucking done it, dude. Turnbuckle time machine. Fuck live yeah. Live and in color. Dude, we are live, so it's going to be terrible. This is our first first podcast ever, and I'm fucking geeked, man. I'm, I'm literally fucking smiling from <laughs> ear to ear as I'm trying to open up uh, a little bit of the bubble. <laughs> I haven't seen Robert this happy since... Uh... Since uh, Isaac Yankum's debut in 1996, so. Dude, yeah. Um, I can't even open this fucking, I'm a giddy opening up this fucking <laughs> bottle of wine, dude. I feel like I just won the the European champion belt all over again. <laughs> One of the greatest belts ever created, by the way. So how long have we had this fucking idea to do this podcast? I'm going to pop this open right now just for a little, little celebratory. Let's, come on, baby. Little bit of the. Little bit of the come on, bump. Here we go. Oh, Woo. fuck. <laughs> no, no, no injuries, guys. We're all good. We're all good. But I think um, we talked about it for at least at least the last two years, maybe. Um, and now it's finally happening. Yeah, I mean, the idea of the podcast was we wanted to do like a a podcast that we would recap wrestling today and it, i mean who the fuck wants to watch wrestling today let alone people review what they saw cuz it's just shit and then i mean i guess we could just shit on the product but there's a whole a whole list of great greatness that we're sleeping on basically and that is basically the 90s WWE attitude era yeah so what we did was we Spent uh, endless money on developing a time machine. And <laughs> we, by one, right, right before we were done, we realized that the WWE Network and Peacock existed. So we stopped <laughs> and we just started going off this the archives. This is so much fucking easier, dude. <laughs> this is so much easier. Yeah, less risky. Less risky. You, yeah. know, you never know if you're going to come back or screw up the past. Yeah, but uh, I mean, going back... Tom sends me endless Snapchats of some of just the greatest wrestling moments of the era. And, I mean, we both grew up watching wrestling since probably, I was probably 97, you were 90... 99, so a little later. Okay. Yeah. And I think we're going to, our, our plan is to go back 25 years to 96 to start, which is a whole different ballgame of, of wrestling compared to the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, Raw was... Only an hour long. Vince McMahon's on commentary as the as the face of all things. Yeah, and I think we had this conversation yesterday where I'm like, I don't remember. There's most of like wrestling now. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I remember the Attitude Era like it was yesterday. And then you send me videos. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, that's fucking crazy. I'm like, I don't remember this. We need to go back and watch some of this this gold that's back there. But you were saying I think last night that Vince wasn't like announced as the 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 chairman yet right right he was right just he's just a character as as a as the play by play guy really and I guess him and him and King did some feuds in, in other wrestling organization that King was running in Memphis uh, and then there he he was recognized as the owner but but during his commentary days never mentioned just kind of like an employee so 
And then I think in about 98, he became heel and, and had the Vince McMahon owner character, which we all know and love. Dude, I mean, you, you literally go from that where he's like a, a super face and he's like annoyed by Jerry the King Lawler. And then he's like creating the Vince McMahon kiss my ass club. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest club I don't ever. think everyone did a, a did a turn heel like Vince did. I, I think one of the goals of this podcast ultimately is to get Robert and myself into the Kiss Kiss My Ass Club. Um, so we've got to do it and before Vince kicks the bucket. So we're setting our goals now. They're lofty goals. Dude, if you so can tell me, goals. like, you can make... 10 grand a month in ad revenue on this podcast, which we're not aiming for. We're just doing this so I can listen back and like whenever I have dementia instead of actually going back. And here's another thing, like you don't have to buy Peacock. You don't have to like commit to like a two hour watching wrestling. You could just listen to this podcast and fill in. Like if these episodes are 20 minutes long, but you can give me 20 grand a month or let me kiss Vince McMass's ass once. I'll take five grand and just, and then just rim them. <laughs> hey, everybody's got their thing. All right, so we're going back. I guess we can get into it. I mean, I got notes. I've watched this fucking episode. I was just telling you last night. You watched it for the first time last night? Yeah, last night was my first foray into May 6, 1996 episode of Raw. Um, and I watched it a little bit today, too, to, to kind of get a good memory in it since we were in our cups last night. But... Um, Still, still good content, great wrestling. And I think, like, the time limit on these episodes is fucking perfect. Like, if there is a jobber match, like, it's basically squashed and done with, but it's just a handful of matches. Um, I mean, the drama's there. And, it, dude, I was saying this last night. It's like, most of it is just, what makes it so great is Jerry the King Lawler and commentator. Like, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, I have to keep pausing and typing, like, and then rewind and, like, what was the fucking quote that he said? Because it's either just so fucking bizarre or it has me fucking crying. Like, he's... Yeah, he's, he really carried the, the commentary team, I think, when Vince was there. Vince was kind of an over-the-top, kind of generic dude. And, and Jerry the King Waller just bust out these one-liners that I don't even know where he gets them from. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, does he think of this shit on the fly? Or has he got, like, he thinks of something, like, he'll think of, like, a metaphor... Maybe he just has people feeding him the lines the whole time, and he's really not that clever. But I got to think that it's that it's him. I think he was a he was a radio DJ before he got into wrestling, so I think he's got some some wittiness and some clever ideas. At least he probably got me tooed, and then he's like, I better go to if wrestling. Deserved it. It was him. For uh, sure. I think Moon's here, so I'm gonna probably let him in, and then we'll just go to an ad right now, and then we can restart. So let's go to an ad. Why let uh, Moon? In. Hey, 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 it's fucking ad time, baby. Our ad today is from Anchor. Anchor is actually the reason that you can hear my voice right now. Uh, we were looking for ways to upload our content, and we discovered Anchor. Anchor's like, hey, y'all motherfuckers ever heard of Spotify? You're like, yeah, dude, I use Spotify all the time. He's like, hey, I can put you on Spotify. I'm like, damn, you can get our podcast on Spotify? He's like, yeah. You want to be on Google Podcasts too? We're like, we could be on Google Podcasts, Anchors? Like, yeah. You know the motherfuckers running around with the iPhones? You could be on Apple Podcasts too. I'm like, dude, you could do that for me? He's like, yeah. Anchors got you. I'm like, dude, Anchor, you are the shit, man. Then Anchor's like, hey, you motherfuckers ever heard of Breaker? I'm like, Breaker? What's that? He's like, it's another source for podcasting. I'm like, no. But do you think? He's like, yeah. I can get you on there too. 
Anchor is awesome, man. Uh, we just uploaded uh, a simple MP3. Anchor was able to put us on Spotify in less than like 20 minutes. It was super easy. Not only that, it is super free. So check out Anchor. They have been awesome to us. You can use them to listen to podcasts. Go ahead and go to uh, the App Store and download the Anchor app. Or if you want to start your own podcast, go ahead and go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download that app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, so Moon's not here, but I guess we'll just throw in that ad anyways. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Download Anchor or some shit. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going uh, first episode right now. Um, is it the May 6th one? Yeah, May 1996. 6th, so if you're on Peacock and you want to follow, follow along, I mean, I highly recommend it or just listen to this shit. So that would be season four, episode 18. Jesus, how many episodes are in a season? I would imagine as many weeks as there are in a year. So probably 51, 52. I could just I could just edit that out, right? <laughs> dude, that makes perfect fucking sense. I don't know why they're like, dude, there's like 50 fucking episodes per season. I'm like, ah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once a week. Yeah, and I think maybe, maybe you know, it gets preempted once or twice. Who knows? But I'll edit that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, I mean, we just, there was, we couldn't really pick a spot where to start because, like, Regardless, we're gonna get in the middle of some like drop. I would like to start with like a pay per view, so then it like kind of kicks off the rest of the season. But it's just like we're gonna start off lost anyways, right? So I guess like I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I kind of like how it starts with this um, woman. She's blacked out, and she—they're not showing her face, and it just says ex-wife of pro wrestler that Shawn Michaels is a home wrecker and he ruined her life, and then it just cuts into this cheesy intro of wrestling right and if you're used to raw especially in the late 90s early 2000s all the red the red ropes that's not yet there it's all the red white and blue like the just classic wwf uh wrestling ring and very very minimal uh production quality there (laughs) oh it's fucking terrible not only that like there's still the mat remember the mats that are outside they're just like gymnastic mats you would see in elementary school these are like the bright blue ones Remember, and they would always like rip, and like that yellow foam would come out. Those are like the exact same mats yeah, there that, along I the ring. That, um, I think that my middle school actually got former WWF padding uh, <laughs> as like a kind of donation thing they were doing back in the day. Dude, so we yeah, you guys all had ringworm back then yeah, from yeah. Uh, the one two three kid. So it starts off one two three kid. If you don't know who that is, that's uh, going to be uh, X Pac in the future. I don't know. Does he turn into X Pac because of DX? Uh, I don't really know yet. I guess we'll find that out in a, in a few years. Um, but I, I know. I think he was one two three kid still in um, in in WCW. I think he goes to WCW not too long in the future here. Uh, and then joins NWO and does all that stuff, and then comes back to WWF. Because he looks fucking scrawny. Yeah, he looks he, scrawny. I think it's just pre-China, you know, getting some meat on his bones. Well, this is the weird thing, because I'm like, who bulks up from doing cocaine? I don't know. X-Pac, Spark- right? R.I.P. <laughs> to, <laughs> to a real one, dude. <laughs> so it starts off, we got the one, two, three kid, and he's uh, introduced with... Uh, Ted DiBiase. Um, uh, so Ted D, because one, two, three kids heal in yeah. this, right? And it looks like Ted DiBiase 
and manages random heels. Random heels, right? Yeah, and they got Triple H now is on commentary. Aren't they even calling him Triple H? Because uh, during this whole time, I just hear Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, I don't Hunter think they came up with that clever, clever abbreviation yes. yet. <laughs> took him eight years like why don't we just call him triple h so he's which is weird because like who pitches this i mean triple h is a badass i mean you could argue one of one of like the greatest wrestlers that's stuck in through and through but who comes up with this like french canadian aristocrat character I don't. I don't know who came up with it. And I, it it's terrible. It's so it's so backwards. All these guys <laughs> in their characters from the from the mid '90s that didn't stick with them. It seems so out of place, uh, especially Triple H as as Hunter Hearst Helmsley with his. I guess he's from Greenwich, Connecticut. That sounds like a fancy place. So maybe they're like, oh, you know. Just put some put a tuxedo on him and some. Well, this is like who is he like who is he going to? Because we even talked about like how they'll make like a construction worker to like I don't know if they want to resonate with like the construction workers out there, but like who's resonating with Triple H at this moment, right? Not, not any wrestling fans. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> but maybe that's what makes him such a great heel. You yeah. Know? It's just so it's so easy to hate. I fucking hate these aristocrat French Canadians. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> so we got Vince on the mic and Jerry on commentary. And so it's going to be one, two, three, kid. And then I think he's introduced first. And then Mark Merrow, uh, the wild man, um, comes in the ring with Sable. So I noticed with Sable's entrance, it does like the rouch. And then Mark Merrow's entrance. So is that Sable's whip? Or has that always been Mark Marrow's theme? Uh, maybe song? he started it. I, maybe the the roar is him being the wild man. <laughs> the roar is him being the wild man, and the whip is her trying to tame him. That's Dude, a story. It's that foreshadowing, happens. right? <laughs> yeah, and I think you know he uh, uh, he was kind of over as a face here. Uh, I only know him as a very mid card heel later on. Um, yeah, same. And he seemed fairly athletic and did, did some did some cool moves and, and landed some nice spots. Um, the match itself was decent. Uh, it was decent. Had a one, yeah, yeah dude, it was yeah, the longest sleeper hold. It was mostly the match. Like <laughs> one, two, three, kid just looked kind of sloppy. But Mark Merrow, I mean, a jacked as fuck. Thank God for steroids. But he was he was agile. He was he was moving. He was selling. He was doing good. But. Um, I want to talk about what the king says when uh, Sable cops up, walks down because <clears throat> they're both faced, but he goes, what are you impressed with her for? She looks like she's wearing one of those Kathy Lee Gifford Walmart sweatshop outfits. <laughs> Very topical, you know. And I don't know how <laughs> Kathy Lee felt about that. <laughs> Dude, I, he mentions her in like a couple other episodes that we'll get into later, but I don't know what his obsession is, either at that time in 96 or well, what. She was hot. It was Regis and Kathy Lee back then. Yeah. Um, before before Kelly Ripa uh, got involved, so maybe she had a big uh, big campaign against the WWF, which I could totally see coming from her. Dude, totally. Uh, but previous nights it shows um, a flashback of last week where it shows Triple H pedigrees Mark Merrill um, in that previous night. So then one two three kid basically just sells a big drop kick by Mark Merrill, gets out of the ring. One two three is now doing like these weird tai chi moves like he'll just break and like start doing these like weird like karate tai chi style so i don't know what he's trying to like what is this character 
I, I don't know. Is I, it like Karate Kid where he's like one, two, maybe, three, maybe, kid? Well, yeah, maybe. Because nothing he does shows like. It's weird. Like, and this is kind of jumping ahead, but I've, I've been watching some mid 2000 uh, WWF and he gets into kind of a phase of doing ninja stuff with, with nunchucks too. So I don't know if this is just something he was always trying to push. And just when he could get it in, he would get it in. Uh, but you know, it's kind of like uh, Rikishi. Whenever he can get a dance move in, he will. It's like one, two, three kids. Like I'm just gonna do some of these karate chop air chops. Like just chop him. Yeah, chop your opponent. <laughs> uh, the king dead. I gotta say this quote. He goes. He's referring to Sable. He goes. Uh, Hunter told me he blew in her ear once, and she said, "Thanks for the refill." Yeah, probably not cool to say anymore. Um, <laughs> That's why I say he got me too on uh, AM radio. I had to go to the WWE. There's, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, no, it's only going to get fucking get worse. worse before it gets better. Um, but obviously, that was a commentary to Sable's intelligence, which I can speak <laughs> on. I don't know her personally, but she seemed to have a successful career. Um, what did he? I think you remembered the quote. He said she looked like because it was the same time of the Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah, it would have been right after the 1996 Kentucky Derby. And, uh, yeah, Vince says, oh, man, she looks great. He goes, are you kidding me? She looks like the Kentucky Derby winner, Grindstone. <laughs> Grindstone. And we did look up a picture of Grindstone. I did see a little resemblance. So Google that on your own. Oh, no. Like, I wish we could tell you to. I might plug this in the beginning of the podcast to look that horse up. And you're going to automatically think of Sable. So the king's dead on. He's fucking dead on with that reference. The man, the man knows his looks. <laughs> I mean, the match is okay. So, one, two, three, kid keeps getting a chokehold, which is majority of the mass at match, using the rope for, rope for leverage. Ref never sees it. And then the king goes, you want to know? And basically, they're just hyping up Triple H, and he's commentating, and he goes, you want to know why all women love Hunter Hearst Helmsley? Because his name is not the only thing that's long about him. And then there's just, like, dead silence. <laughs> yeah, we know his nose is fairly long. His hair is long. Do you think that's what he was referring to? Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. Of course. It's very appropriate. Joke. Yeah. Uh, so Mark Merrill throws the one, two, three kid out of the ring. Ted, Biasi, Ted DiBiase is talking to the ref, and Mark Merrill does this uh, flip out of the ring and hits him, but it was almost kind of botched. Uh, and then Triple H gets up, helps one, two, one, two, three kid back into the ring. Mark Merrill's on the top rope. Triple H sees this, knocks Mark Merrill down. One, two, three kid goes for a suplex off the top rope. But Mark Murr ends up holding on to the rope, falls on him, and gets a is, gets a pin. It was a kind of cool cool ending. Yeah, it looked almost botched in itself too at first, and then I, then I realized as he fell on top of him and went. It was planned, it yeah, because I, I thought it was a botch too, but it worked out. What if it was a botch and it was like, dude, just fucking roll with it? Yeah, I, it's not like that important of a, of a win loss there, you know. Uh, next up, it shows a clip from last week, and it's got Ted DiBiase and Stone Cold accepting uh, a Caribbean strap match. Was it always called the Caribbean strap match? I, I don't know if it's just because Savio Vega is Puerto Rican that he's calling it a Caribbean strap match. I don't know if that's different than regular straps or, like, Texas straps. Because how, how far back does the strap match even go? Because I, I, I just remember, like, they're few and far between the strap matches. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a gimmicky match. I, I guess I'm sure that they've been doing them for a long time. It, it, I, who knows? We'll have to look that up for the next podcast. Cause we need we'll, someone we'll seeing the match here soon. We need someone to just look this shit up as we talk about it. Yeah, we're going to have to hire we somebody. We can get drunk and they can do all the typing and shit. Because it's the first. I always we're, just know. Maybe they just got rid of Caribbean because it's, you know, 2021 now. Maybe. Caribbean cool. 
Well, that's a good thing. You want to be cool. Oh, okay. What are you, a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to take applications for researcher here. Very little pay, but we do have a uh, exercise bicycle in the room here. Yeah. You know, when you get tight, yeah. you just ride it out. Free rack. So, for the job, you got to be tight. <laughs> yeah. Teddy Biasi in Stone Cold is looking fucking cooler than ever. <laughs> he looks like he's like watching his son in little league you know he's got like these oakley glasses on that got like the uh the strap on them in case they fall off so he's accepting the caribbean strap match against uh savio vega and if he loses then ted did then he becomes ted dibiase chauffeur which is uh i mean can he just princess diana him and just kill him if you really wanted to i would think so Uh, i think it might be hard to kill him without hurting himself though well, I feel like you can just like drive on train tracks and then just like, like lock the doors. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I don't know. Your enemy's not kind I, of. I, the, I mean, the match itself seems like a very uh, high risk, low reward for Savio Vega. Either way, he's got to be in a match, and if he wins, he just gets uh, pride. And if he loses, he has to be a chauffeur for Ted DiBiase. Yeah, what what's in it for him? Right, just I guess retribution, redemption, and getting a piece of Stone Cold, who was another one whose just character back then is just so so backwards from what he became and what we all know and love him for uh working with ted dibiase who i i guess they just give managers to heels in general uh in this time period because you see jim Cornette coming comes out with three or four people and ted dibiase two or three people yeah you would think they would have a stable you know what i mean because right. it's like every heel has maybe, a manager maybe they do maybe we'll learn more later but it seems like they're very separate from each other so these guys are just putting in overtime, being managers to distract the refs every match so that their guys can win. Yeah. So, yeah, so it goes to that, and then it cuts back. I know we were talking about earlier this mysterious former wrestling woman. Uh, it cuts back to her telling her story about these uh, Shawn Michaels allegations. So I'll play those for you right here. The truth about the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is a homewrecker. Shawn Michaels ruined my marriage. Shawn Michaels ruined my life. I'll tell you how it happened. My ex-husband was a professional wrestler and was on the road a lot. Shawn knew that. One day when Fuskhead was on the road, Shawn called me up and said that he needed to discuss a problem that Fuskhead had with me. So I invited him over. Well, Sean didn't want to discuss a problem that, f- that we had. Sean wanted to discuss me and him. Well, the discussion got pretty heated. Well, it got downright hot. <laughs> and Sean and I were close, and he smelled so good, and he's so gorgeous. Well, we ended up going to bed together. He was incredible. He was the best I ever had. And after he held me and told me how special I was and how important I was to him. Yeah, I found out how important. The next time me and Sean were in the ring together, Zipzus couldn't concentrate. He knew what had happened. He ended up losing the match. Sean got exactly what he wanted. Sean never called again. Sean just used Why should he? You're, mar- you're married. Okay, I gotta stop this. Why? Did you want him to call back? You're fucking married. Why are we giving this bitch sympathy at all? I feel like this is like 
the same woman that would do like a casting couch on like Pornhub, you know. <laughs> and then she's mad she didn't get the job. Yes. Yeah. They threw me out like an old shoe. <laughs> How dare you? Coming to me, fuck me, and then never call again. Like, isn't that what you want? God. Tom, Tom, what are your, what are your, what are your thoughts, dude? What are your thoughts, man? I just, you know, um, Shawn Michaels supposed to be a baby face here. Uh, and and he's just banging everybody's wife left and right, um, but more you know, good for him, dude. It's even like when Shawn Michaels is still a face, he's still fucking your face. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah he's a fuck your baby face. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day about um, just Shawn Michaels having the, I mean, not the greatest entrance music, definitely up there, but like consistency. Yeah, he's, he's had that song forever. But yeah, he, when you get it right, you get it right, man. You can't beat that. <laughs> and you like, he's 50 years old. He was coming out like in his mid-40s and still rocking I'm Just a Sexy Boy. Doing the same fucking poses, right? And it never felt old, to me at least. And he was... would wear the same shit even at like 40. Yeah. I mean, maybe later, like the old DX, he wore like a camel hat and shit. But <laughs> I love everything that he's fucking wearing. I want to wear it at like, I want to wear most of that shit at my wedding. Like the chains, the biker stuff. And just come out we to could fucking do like uh, maybe you do Shawn a few Michaels. different costume changes, different eras of wrestling. What am I, Madonna? Yeah, no, you're better. It's gonna be better. You're like you're gonna be the heartbreak kid. It's fucking my day, yeah, dude. It's, it's your fucking day, my man. day. Don't tell anyone makes you feel like you're Madonna. Okay, so it skips to the Shawn Michaels allegation, which you know Jerry the King Lawler is basically calling him a rapist, which is very ironic. <laughs> Oh shit! So next we got the next match, British Bulldog, which I don't. I remember. I think we talked about this. I remember British Bulldog just kind of being like a meh yeah. kind of wrestler, he, but he seems better back then. He's like right. more he, fucking he fit, juiced he up. Flips and stuff and handstands, and he looked yeah, he looked juiced up. Uh, R.I.P. Though to the British Bulldog. Yeah. He died maybe five six years later. Fucking, uh, I'm gonna. If we R.I.P. everybody <laughs> in this era, she's gonna be yeah. yeah R.I.P. If we took a moment game. of silence, it would be forty minutes long. Oh no, yeah, we'll these do people a whole podcast. Uh, next week's podcast is gonna be a moment of silence for all the dead wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. So you won't hear anything. Don't you dare please. fast forward. <laughs> so he's with Diana Smith, which we're almost. They're kind of hinting at that this is the. That she's had some relation with Shawn Michaels, right? Yeah, it seems like she may or may not have gotten herself forced upon by Shawn Michaels. I think it was the episode before which I watched. Um, yeah, she accused him of, you know, p- pulling him back, her, pu- her, him pulling her backstage uh, uh, suspiciously, and then trying to hook up with her, and she wasn't having it. And they're in the ring together, confronting each other, and she goes, "Shawn, I know you want me." And he stops her right there and says, honey, with all due respect, don't flatter yourself. Crowd goes nuts. <laughs> and you really, you know, he really meant it. You can tell. I, I don't think that he did anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I'm with you. Um, so British Bulldog is now with, because he's a heel, he's either with Ted DiBiase, but at this time he's with Jim Cornette. And uh, Jim Cornette has some... What, is it a fan? It literally looks like... He uses it like... as a fan. He uses it as a weapon. It's 100% a tennis racket wrapped in some decoration. It's almost just like chicken feathers that are yeah, like taped yeah, was, red. I don't understand it. But he like waves it around. But he's just like... Who's just like... I'll, I'll carry around a fan. 
Maybe he gets hot under those arena lights. Well, if anything, they should be fanning off Fat 2. So Fat 2 is versing the British Bulldog. If you don't know who Fat 2 is, um, he is Rikishi. So before Rikishi became Rikishi, he was Fat 2, and he's almost the same sort of... Yeah, he's kind of the same hippie-go-lucky Samoan guy. Uh, a little skinnier, maybe like 50 pounds lighter. Wears actually full tights. Yeah, which, that is true. Which was, was weird. You can't give uh, stink face in full tights, though. No. That's I mean, thing. you could. It just wouldn't be nearly as effective. Did you notice? So in this match, British Bulldog hits Fatu's mm-hmm. head against the turnbuckle. Then Fatu just like wobbles away and then just starts fucking dancing, which I just fucking well, uh, love. Yeah, it. Already, yeah. already halfway there with the moves, you know, might as well play it out. <laughs> and like, like we said earlier, any chance where Keisha gets to do a dance. Dude, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, the match is decent. British Bulldog is just playing this huge heel role, and he's basically just beating the shit out of Fat Two, and then just like flexing hard on the crowd. Yeah, as he did they the Shawn him. Michaels pose at one point. So it's really he's just trying to get into Shawn Michaels' head uh, with this match. And I, and I would say I thought Rikishi. I think he got some good blows in. Uh, later on uh, in the match. Ended up being a decent match. And, yeah. I was um, going to say, Fat Two's family members come out, and there's like two guys, and they're standing, like, not ringside, but they're like right at the entrance, uh, and they're just watching like things. That was like Rosie and Jamal. I don't know who those people were. I don't you know either. One yeah. of them's Umaga later. I don't know if that's who that was. You think one of them's Umaga? Do you remember Rosie and Jamal? They were like the two live crew or something. With, like, I think Rico was their manager or something like that. Dude, this like is, like, early 2000s? 2000s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's who they look like, but maybe I'm just being... We'll know, have to... So if we had someone to look this shit up, we're just talking out of our ass for yeah. the most part. Um, but Fatu took this crazy fucking bump on a clothesline. Oh, yeah. Dude, R- Rikishi 50 pounds lighter is agile as fuck, man. Yeah, he does a flip. Dude, and, British and Bulldog does, does like a, a yeah, does a clothesline. And he does like a McTwist, like literally a backflip and like turns 180 degrees. It's fucking wild. 360 degrees. He does 180 <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice. Yeah, let me finish. So then um, Bulldog does his... Finishing power slam. I don't even know what it's yeah, called. Running power slam. Yeah. Just like Braun Strowman. Yeah, I just feel like he's a at this point in time a good enough wrestler. I just think his finishers just kind of <laughs> mediocre. That was one thing too. It was always never that impactful of a move. I do like the move, but maybe we're spoiled by modern wrestling. That's not like that devastating of a thing unless you're like seven feet tall. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So Bulldog does finish the move, gets win one, two, three. Then Fat Two's like leaving the ring, and then his family members come up, and there's like no words exchanged. But then like Fat Two just starts dismissing them, and then it's just telling him he's like, "The WWE is my family. You're not my family." And the crowd goes nuts. Like, wow, I, I don't even remember that part. Yeah, so he's saying. like, "You're not my family." The WWE basically the he's hinting the fans are his family, and then that's basically yeah, it's the end of the match. So then next up, this was so. Watching this back from 1996, I'm like, cool, I know what's going on. And then we have this tag team match, and this is where I'm like, holy shit, I don't remember. I mean, I wasn't watching it then, but I'm like, I have no idea who these fucking guys are. We have the Techno Team 2000 versus the Body Donnas? Is that right? Body Donnas, yeah. Is it Skipping Zip or Flipping Zip? (laughs) That's their names, I think. I think one of them is a racial slur, so I won't say it. Really but either way, they're with Sonny. Yeah, and, and and you can tell that Sonny's the draw. 
because they always say Sonny and the Body Donnas, not like the actual tag team, but their manager. Dude, you know what's a great band name? Like the lead singer Sonny is like Sonny and the Body Donnas. It is a great band name. It's a fucking great band name. But either way, like people have Sonny shirts out in the crowd, and they're just like going to everybody, showing like their Sonny shirt. Right. She literally held the entire tag team division together. It seems like. And and um, I think I think we'll see that actually as we as we carry on. I, I kind of looked up some spoilers, um, and it does. Siri, order Sunny shirt. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Order Sun. Uh, just remind me to. Order. I'm gonna order one of those Sunny shirts. Hopefully, maybe one of the listeners can comment, <laughs> swipe up, whatever you need to do. Just let Robert know he needs to get a Sunny shirt. Or if you're feeling generous, just uh, have one sent uh, to to our office here. Yeah, uh, we'll get a peel box or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough Moon knows my yeah. address. So they were coming out, and they're basically like, do they remind you of like hardcore Holly? And they look like a Holly. They're the Holly. They look they like look, they might be related to the Hollies. They're yes. not the Hollies, but they have the same no. hair and they're it's like the bleach blonde hair. Yeah. But then. I don't, Again, someone would have to look this up. One looks like they're in their mid-30s. One looks like they're in their mid-60s. And they keep referencing how they get them confused, which I get it. They both have blonde hair. They both are wearing the same outfit. But one's like 10 times older than the other one. Yeah, one of them's dead now too, R.I.P. Moment of silence real quick for that. (laughs) So he's Zip or Skip. (laughs) So uh, So then we have like this weird employee. I don't know if he like works in like HR or whatever, but he's taking notes ringside about uh, apparently there's been terrible officiating lately. And we already watched in the match with the one, two, three kid, how the guy was, or he was clearly using the ropes as leverage. And then the ref would look over every like 30 seconds and it would stop. Right. Yeah. It was, it was even worse than normal officiating in, in the WWF. And, and if any of you are fans, you'd understand what that means. So I wrote this down. I go, King makes a joke about the techno team being from the future and basically how Viagra is the pill of the future and how Sean doesn't have a problem getting his dick hard. Why didn't I get, why didn't I get this quote? Why didn't I record this shit? But I remember him was like, yeah, they're from the future. Just like something about a pill from the future. And Shawn Michaels doesn't have a problem with that. So it's just like, what the fuck are we talking about? You're talking about these guys being from the future to Viagra and Sean. Sean can do so much blow, still doesn't need a pill. Yeah. Basically I, I, what he's It's saying. weird, too, because King's supposed to be um, on the heel side, and he's he's giving Shawn Michaels compliments. I don't know if he <laughs> exactly. didn't think that was a compliment. That, no, it's definitely a compliment. You, I mean, have ever, you know, tried to party, um, you know that's a compliment. <laughs> All right, guys, I want to thank one of our sponsors, <laughs> Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a supplement. <laughs> Get Roman, guys. Yeah. Get Roman. <laughs> so then in this match, and I mean, it's just it's a shitty tag match. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but um, King just randomly yells out. And I wanted to quote this out. He just goes, gas prices rose 14%. And it's literally longer silence than that. And then Vince goes, like, what? And he goes, Body Donna's ran out of gas. <laughs> Dude, it's the longest pause ever. Whatever. I don't even I didn't even write down who won this match. Body Donna's, right? Yeah. Do you remember? No, it was a double count out. I was think it was a double count out, yeah. 
No, because I thought one of them did their... It was like a weak-ass finishing move. Oh, yeah, where he did the, like, the hammer fist. Yeah, it was a hammer fist. It was fist. the week before, I think, there was a tag match to face the body down. It ended up in a double count-out because of Sonny. So I'm mixing my, my episodes here. I apologize. Okay, well, one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. <laughs> um, body Donna's get the win, we're, we're imagining, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fast forward. I mean, listen to the part where King talks about gas prices <laughs> and the Viagra thing. If you yeah, can get that, ju- if you can get that direct quote, up, send that back lose, to me. Gentlemen. All right, so now it's going back to a, a promo for Vader. If you guys don't remember Vader, he's the one that kind of had like a mankind mask that was red. He's notorious for remember he did that botch with the Darth Vader, or it was it was like a Star Wars type helmet. Remember that? And he like falls and no, I, I no, I'll, I'll, I'll edit this out. I'll edit this out. All right, so it cuts to a Vader promo, and of course, he's with either Ted DiBiase or Jim Cornette. He's with Jim Cornette, and they're calling out uh, Yokozuna. Rest in peace, moment of silence. And to Vader, too. Okay, so during the promo, (laughs) it's basically they're interviewing Jim Cornette. He's doing all the talking like most of these managers do. Is it because they're, they're shitty on the mic? They must all be shitty on the mic. Or they so, can't cut promos, so they need like Jim Cornette well, or Ted DiBiase. You saw in that promo, you know, Jim Cornette starts going off like he does, and they just zoom in on Vader's face, and he's making the most awkward faces. Well, the entire promo is like Jim. They don't even see Jim Cornette in the background talking anymore because no, it's yeah. just zoomed in on Vader's like crooked, chopped up teeth and like nose hairs. <laughs> well, you can't see the nose hairs. That's why he wears that mask. Oh, that's Keeps true. Keeps nose hairs at bay. So it fast forwards to um, Goldust, and I don't remember. I remember Goldust being just a weird character, and just watching two episodes from 1996, I have like a whole new fucking perspective yeah. on this guy. I, I, from what I understand, uh, Dustin Dustin Rhodes was not big into this character. I think he was happy to do it because he was getting screen time. Um, but then when he figured out what it was, he was like, oh man, what did I get myself into? But he played it perfectly. I, I believe he is doing what he's doing and he wants to be doing that. Um, I I couldn't agree more with this, but what a weird fucking thing. So what what's what's the angle here on the character I Goldust? Think, well, I think he's trans. He's like a drag queen, which Correct. is very yes. progressive of the WWF to do. Right. Um, He's horny as fuck. Horny, yeah, horny as fuck. He's scared a lot. He gets then he gets kind of horny after he's scared. He's, he's a fucking of, wild card. Yeah, you never know what you're gonna get with him. And he comes out to do uh, do commentary on Undertaker's match. Yes, yeah. And who's under Undertaker's against Owen Hart? I think so. Yeah, that that's where we're at. So Goldust comes out and he just like. I don't, they don't play his music or anything. They just show him like walking out during the Vader promo. And he comes up, sits next to Vince McMahon, and then just starts like seducing and rubbing on Vince, which is fucking he's hilarious. A very nice headset. With I did, gold, gold yeah, headset. he's going all out. And I don't, I remember him being like, I don't know, like a little just like weird sexual. I don't remember him being like this fucking hands on yeah. sexual. Maybe we didn't understand it. When we were when we were like eight years old, yeah, probably. <laughs> so they're basically he already knows he's gonna face uh, Undertaker in the next pay per view, which is just called In Your House. Um, and then Vince breaks the news to him. He goes, "It's gonna be a casket match." And Goldust literally is just going fucking. He went from like rubbing his dick on Vince's shoulder 
to like tucking it back between his legs yeah. and running. Like he tried to run away. Yeah. And then Undertaker's music hits. You, yeah, you get that dome. And then so he, that then he, he freaks out and he has to go back to commentary. I mean, what do you do? Yeah, there's nothing to do. And Undertaker comes out with Paul Bearer. And really, pretty quickly, Goldust gets, uh, you know, get, recovers and just starts talking about how he can't wait to be in that casket. Yeah, I have fucking A, man. I had this quote, and I'm like, why don't I record this shit? So I literally wrote, King makes a Hitler reference. <laughs> quote, Hitler was good at first, but then went a little too far. I don't know what he's referring to, but fuck. Why didn't I? Re I recorded the stupid Shawn Michaels broad. Brought to you by Trump 2020. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll talk about the uh, Taker versus Owen Hart match, which was good, but mostly the best part about this match was Goldust on commenting, just saying like, "Oh, Taker, you're so tall, so clammy," and then he starts talking about he's like, "Oh my God, the things I want to do to that urn." And then Goldust gets out of the announcing table, and then he starts basically seducing Paul Bear, which yeah, is I, I I mean I love the Paul Bear character so fucking much. I love his voice. I just love everything about it. But he starts seducing him, and basically Paul Bear's backed up onto the stairs in yeah. the corner of the ring. Goldust is basically on topping him. And he's taking his tie off. And do you remember what the king says? Yeah, yeah. he says, be careful undoing that tie. A couple chains are going to fall out. <laughs> Dude, he doesn't fucking skip a beat no. when he says this shit. It's so fucking funny. Um, oh, yeah. So then he goes, I wrote this down. He goes, Goldust leans to kiss Ball Bear. And the king goes, he likes it. Mikey likes it. <laughs> Yeah, I think he runs away scared. Yeah, so and, Paul Bear, no, no, he runs away with his hand covering his asshole. <laughs> Paul Bear runs with his hand covering his ass so, all the way up backstage. So do we know backstage. he really had to go to the bathroom, or he was afraid of uh, of Goldust? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. TBD, dude. I guess so. I literally wrote about the, I'm glad you remember the Paul Bear chins thing. So I wrote, <laughs> more chins will pop out. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, so basically, uh, the match is decent. So, um, Owen Hart gets thrown out, um, of the ring and basically you could just see gold dust during the whole match. You see gold dust literally stroking the ropes and like licking with his tongue out. It's fucking hilarious. Pre COVID times, of course. Of, yeah. You can't yeah. lick the ropes anymore. <laughs> Taker throws Owen Hart out of the ring. Gold dust goes to help Owen back in the ring and literally sticks his finger right up his ass. Yeah, and Owen freaks out because uh, I don't think it was consensual. And uh, he gets thrown, goes back into the ring uh, and is welcomed by a tombstone. Pilot. Yeah, it was kind of cool because Taker, like, literally, so he gets to go throw him back in the ring. And then Owen Hart stops because he has a, a gold finger up his ass. And then turns around and Taker literally picks him up by his head from out of the ring into a tombstone. So it's a pretty, pretty good ending to that match, I would say. And then during like the one, two, three count, you just see gold dust in the back rubbing his nipples. It's fucking like, I don't remember how sexual this guy was, but it's like every time he's on fucking camera, his tongue's out or his fingers in somebody's asshole. So then, um, gold dust is kind of just like rubbing his nipples, doing his thing. 
Paul Bear then comes out with this fucking gold casket, and it's got a star, and it says gold dust on it for this casket match. So he's backing up, doesn't see the casket, and it runs right into gold dust, and he freaks the fuck out. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah, and it ends quickly and abruptly. That's the thing with the hour-long episodes. Like, you're just getting into it, I feel like. I'm just so used to two or three hours that... You're getting in, you're like, all right, this was crazy, and then it's over, and you're already in the next episode. But ends with the classic Undertaker on a knee to the urn. And, yeah, uh, that is true, yeah. One thing we didn't mention, Terry Reynolds is working with Goldust here. I think her name's like Marlene or something weird. No, we didn't bring that up. Yeah, Marlene, and she's coming out, and she her gimmick is to just smoke a cigar. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Way I enjoy more it. More than Terry Reynolds as the She-Devil. Yeah, I I mean I <laughs> <laughs> I did the she devil thing, so uh, you guys didn't see it, but we'll have videos yeah. soon, I imagine. <laughs> no, no. We're hiring a videographer too, guys, so uh, yeah. less pay than the researcher and you're gonna have to switch turns on the bicycle. No pay but rose, that's our thing. Yeah. We'll get a little get a little bit of the bubbly. Brought to you by Rose. Yeah. Drink to that. Um so that is the end of the episode. We will be covering the next one probably probably relatively soon. Um I don't know how to end this. This is our first podcast. So uh, well I would say one thing we forgot, uh R. I. P. to Paul Bearer. Oh yeah. And R.I.P. to Owen Hart. Is there anybody else we're missing? Because, I mean, literally 50% of this episode <laughs> are dead people. And, and geez, it's kind of funny to look into the crowd. Did you notice that there's like a very lack of signs there's compared? No signs. There's like no signs at changed. all. I, like, Dude, the Attitude Era was just fucking. It was like most of the time watching the Attitude Era is like, who was the best fucking sign? Right. Ever, it's like, and I think when we third get to person. that, we may do a poll. What's what was your favorite king line? Of the oh, episode? yeah. So, we talked about this. We want every episode because most of it is just majority of what I typed was just Jerry the King lower quote. So, we'll just do uh, the king quote or the yeah, well, the king qu- quote of the day. And when we get to JR, well, I'm sure he'll have some good liners in there. That uh, I, I, I'm I don't gonna think we're seeing anything from Vince. Any good lines from Vince at any time here? No. So I would say the the quote of the night, and it's probably just going to be like anything from Jerry the King. I'm going to say, I wish I had it, but I'm going to go with the, um, I'm going to go with probably the Viagra reference, <laughs> but that one made no sense. So I don't know. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I the, the ones he said with, with, well, I really like, I think the best one was the Paul Bear one. Because it seems the most natural and, and that he came up to it with it on the spot, where a lot of those Sable ones seem like he planned that out. Like he was watching Kentucky Derby. He was like, oh my God, this horse looks like Sable. I'm going to make a reference to this. So he knew a few days before that he was going to do that. And I think the Kathy Lee thing was premeditated. Yeah, and I agree. Triple H fed him the line about this, you know, filling your head up with air. Uh, so I, I think the Paul Bearer, watch out if you undo the tie, because he didn't know he was going to undo his tie. No, that's right? true. Yeah. that I mean, I literally wrote, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and I don't even know the, the correct Viagra quote, or I don't know the exact Hitler quote. <laughs> I'm going to go watch this episode Dude, again gotta, now, because I don't remember those at all. And you can't just do Hitler quotes. I don't think it was cool to do Hitler quotes in 1996. If it was, I think the only time it was ever cool was like in 1936, maybe? Anything nine pre nineteen forty would have been okay. God, we're we're digging ourselves in a hole here. We yes. Gotta, uh, 
All right, thanks for tuning yes. in, guys. <laughs> if we get enough uh, followers, we'll we'll build the time machine to go back to 1936, and we'll kill Hitler. We will kill Hitler. You have it here. You heard it here first. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will try to keep you updated as much as possible with these matches. This one's going to be a little bit longer just because we had to kind of get our feet wet and introduce what we're doing. Um, but we will see you next time.